Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to the Words, Women, and Wisdom radio show. It's streaming live on BBS Radio and also popping up on the Podopolo socially interactive podcasting platform. And I'm delighted today. I'll be introducing um, my, my guest in full in just a moment. I'm delighted to be joined by Kathleen Gage. Hello, Kathleen. Hey, Yvonne. Great to be here. Awesome. I'm so glad you could join me. So for those who've never been on a Women and Wisdom radio show before, basically, I'm your show host, Yvonne E.L. Silver, and my mission is uplifting the spirit of humanity. And I do that by showcasing amazing women who've typically risen from some sort of tragedy to triumph and are now out doing amazing things in the world that are worth sharing. Typically with that resilience, there are some amazing lessons. And those are the lessons that I want my audience to be hearing. So if you are in a situation, as many of us are in COVID, we're dealing with uncertainty and turbulent waters. If you're not sure about this whole topic of resilience, let's give you a dose of what's possible through sharing this interview today. So for myself, if we haven't met, um, as a female founder and entrepreneur, a certified executive coach, childhood HR professional, I've worked with thousands of women over the past 30 years, <laughs> 30 years now, wow, uh, to support them to find excellent career choices, excel in their career, and then in the last 10 years, more recently, to be elevating their leadership, either in the corporate arena or to be having their own entrepreneurial ventures. And I love talking, especially with mission-inspired women who are making big ripples. So those who struggle in a man's world, sometimes those are my audiences, helping them to master their confidence, master their language so that they can negotiate what they want, get more sales, have more fun in business, and create something that they're really proud of and can leave either as a legacy in the actual business or lessons left as a legacy for their children, especially their little girls. So it's all about having fun, creating role models. And that's why I'm delighted to have Kathleen join me today because Kathleen, by her own description, is um, the no-nonsense, common-sense online marketing strategist, speaker, owner, and author of Power Up for Profits. So her clients are making a difference because they're driven through their own unique voice. And as an early adopter herself of online marketing, Kathleen is known for, for cutting through the fluff, helping people leave those sob stories behind so they can stop focusing on the past and start looking through the front mirror, front visor into the future. She can uh, stop focusing on the past. What, sorry, so they can stop focusing on the past. And she speaks and teaches about what she believes are the really core elements of a successful life. So get your pens and paper ready for some notes, because we're going to think about this as we go through accountability, integrity, honesty, living with passion and living with hope. And although she's been recognized as a top leader in her field, it wasn't always the case. So we're going to hear that story today. Um, she made some choices in her teens and early 20s. Oh, I hear a story coming on and has now risen above seemingly insurmountable odds to become an award-winning business owner, best-selling author, 
internet sales and marketing trainer and award-winning keynote speaker. So Kathleen, we have a lot to discuss. That is a, That in itself is a fairly big bio, even if I didn't talk about what you're doing now with consulting and training with organizations, including the Marine Corps, Novus Corporation, AT&T, um, working as the uh, an advisory capacity for many organizations, past president of the National Speakers Association. Oh, there is so much to discuss here. So let's dive in. I am really curious to hear. We had several questions when we talked briefly before we booked this interview, several questions that I covered off with you. And I really wanted to hear more about, you know, what is the background that was the challenging part of your life that now has led you to doing the work that you are so passionate about doing. Tell me well, a little bit about that struggle. I'd be happy to. And thank you for inviting me to share my story because uh, uh, hopefully something I say uh, resonates with uh, people in your, your listening audience and, and uh, that it, could be a turning point for them because I know that there have been people in my life that just one thing they said at that particular moment made all the difference in the world. And, um, you know, I want to frame it with, I was raised in an average middle-class America home. Uh, Good parents. My mom came over from Belgium after the war. Uh, She was there during the occupation of the um, uh, Nazis of her country. And um, so I was raised actually uh, in hindsight with a mother who probably had PTSD uh, Mm -hmm. from all the experiences of the war. And I didn't know it at the time. And, um, but in, in my raising, um, I was taught good values, um, but I discovered drugs and alcohol in my teens. And that took me on a path in my life that uh, literally I ended up on the streets as a result of it. And it was so interesting because that was not the kind of family that I grew up in. It was not, um, you know, the We had structure in our family. My dad was uh, a good man. Um, He passed away a few years ago. But my dad, I would say, is probably one of the best men that I knew in my life. And so um, it wasn't for any kind of uh, uh, childhood abuse or anything. It was just that I made some choices that took me on a path that uh, ended me up in some pretty scary places. And I've actually been able to take that time period in my life. I've been sober for 37 years. So uh, when you said 30 years of, of doing what you're doing, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like every time I, I give a number out, it's like, oh, that means I'm getting older. Um, <laughs> and, you know, actually, I'm, I'm going to be 67 in May. And that shocks me because in, in my mind, when I was in my teens and my early 20s, I really didn't think I was going to make it at first past 21 and then past 25. And it's like, how did I end up now in my uh, moving into 67? But um, yeah, that was a period where I, uh, I happen to be one of those people that I have to abstain completely from drugs and alcohol. Um, I, I've had people say, you know, after this long, don't you think you could have one drink? And it's like, you know, even if I could, I don't think I'd want to experiment with that because my life is too good today. And it's more on a an internal level than anything externally. But I know I wouldn't have what I have today if it wasn't for being sober. Mm-hmm. Well, you've been in business now for over 26 years. Yes. So you're very established. So I can totally appreciate that you wouldn't want to put any risk on that. And 
I think that our tastes change, which we'll get to talking a little bit about later on because of your uh, distinct interest in plant-based eating. And I think that when we start looking at those alternate uh, ways of living, suddenly drugs and alcohol is just not appealing. Like it's not even on the radar anymore. Absolutely. As something, yeah, as something that you want to do. So, um, you know, you, you rose from seemingly unsurmountable odds in this and are now, uh, well, refusing to settle for status quo, participated in your first full marathon at 61. I did. Sprint <laughs> triathlon in 64 and are now an avid runner participating in running in varying race distances. So what was this quote? I'm not a fast runner, just stubborn and passionate old lady who refuses to tag my name. I love it. Well, I once heard a woman, she's uh, probably 87 or 88 now. And Ruth Heydrich is her name. And she's, she's a very accomplished runner. And she said, the way that you become the best in your age group is you just keep running and you never die. And uh, it's like, okay, eventually I might uh, be first in my, my age group, but quite seriously, I'm not a fast runner, but I really love what it does for me emotionally and spiritually, because I I live in an area where we have a lot of nature around us and we've got beautiful parks. And um, when I run, it just, it, it gives me such a sense of appreciation and gratitude for the life that I have today. And again, it's really keeping it in the simplest terms possible because with everything going on with COVID now, I think we can get really caught up in the drama trauma of life and in the news that they keep pounding in our brain, you know, numbers are going up and it's getting worse and worse. And it is. But if we constantly surround ourselves with that kind of information, we tend to amplify it. And there's something to be said for uh, self-fulfilling prophecies that if we're constantly affirming something, it will become a a reality. And it's not that we can necessarily 100% avoid contracting the virus, but there are certain things that we can do to minimize our risk. And one is watching what we're putting in our mind, body, and soul. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, when you are thinking about the work that you're doing and the message that you're getting out there, Mm -hmm. I love hearing your, your passion come through. And I've noticed even when you're talking about these items so passionately, your volume goes up. Your passion is up, which is which is great for radio. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yes. So, at one point of your life, um, things were very different than today, um, and I know that you know some people might look and say, "Well, you know, failure in life." I mean, I grew up with um, my first ten years not being a scholar, but I did my best. I mean, I'm a people person, not an academic. And at age eleven, my dad screamed at me through uh, failing um, an 11 plus exam that um, I would never ever be successful in life Mm. and I'm just about to go into high school high school thanks thanks dad Mm -hmm. and I carried that around for many 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 years and so I took the word failure out of my uh, vocabulary and I started using feedback instead of criticism I started using lessons learned instead of thinking of life as a failure. And now that we're in the entrepreneurial arena, it's so much more common to hear people say fail forwards and fail often because that's how we learn and that's how we thrive and grow. So 
what happened with you at that time that you had your biggest sort of turning point? Can you share a little bit about that Ooh. experience? Yeah, you know, in, in the time I've had my business, Yvonne, uh, in 26 years, you're bound to go through a lot of ups and downs and recreations and all that. And I think one of the most pivotal times for me was when I was caretaking my mother. And by that point, I had already established myself online. I was one of the early adopters of creating uh, information products. And I, I remember probably it was about 20 years ago with a woman named Denise Wakeman. Uh, she and I and her at that time business partner, we created a four week uh, interactive virtual program. And women weren't doing that much at that point. You know, now it's very common, but back 20 years ago, it was really kind of a big boys club. And um, so I was really well established in the online arena. I had written several books. I knew how to do Kindle launches. I knew how to do uh, Amazon launches where at one point I was one of the few people who taught how to do a good uh, launch and sell thousands of books in a 24 hour period. Um, And then my mom got sick and for two years I would drive 500 miles from Eugene, Oregon, outside of Eugene, Oregon, down to Sacramento, California, and I would spend days, weeks, and even months at a few points where I was by her hospital bedside. And I remember that for me, the most important thing was was to be there for my mom, and I had to trust that I had enough of a foundation in my business that I could sustain myself. And what I did is I literally created programs by her hospital bedside. They were all remote. They were all uh, online-based. And what I found so interesting, I created a $27 a month membership program. Within a few weeks, that build out at over $100,000 for the coming year. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I really felt like it was divine intervention, keeping an eye on me and saying, okay, you've got a job to do over here with your mom. We're going to take care of this over here. And it's not that it wasn't hard because it was very difficult, you know, taking care of my mom. And I mean, I literally became her caretaker where there were points that she couldn't even feed herself. She couldn't bathe herself. And so I was taking on that responsibility with another sister and um, I just had to trust it. And I find that that probably as we're going through this whole COVID experience in the pandemic, businesses have been impacted incredibly hard and to where you know revenues can be cut by 60 70 80 percent and we can sit and dig our heels in and say i don't like this i don't want it to be this way well it is this way and the thing we need to do is look at okay if it is this way what's my pivot what do i need to do and one of the first things we did in my business as a keynote speaker uh that business got wiped off the face of the earth literally it's yep. like it's gone <laughs> and i had one contract that was a five figure contract the client said send us the contract we'll send you the deposit and it's a 50% deposit that was a wednesday and on thursday everything started shutting down and i never got the contract and then about 3 months later we did a virtual conference and i still got my fee but initially that fee was gone. And I I looked at that and I said, okay, what do I need to do? Well, I started looking at all my expenses in my business. I looked at what I wasn't using in my business, what I could cut out. And I literally cut out about 50% of my expenses by just stepping back and saying, okay, let's analyze the situation. And I think 
far too often people don't analyze what's going on in their life and whether it's personally or professionally, it's taking the inventory. And that's something I learned in recovery is like, that's the fourth step of recovery is, is taking a personal and moral inventory. And um, you really dig deep and you say, okay, how did I end up where I'm at? What do I need to do to get out of it? Right. People, places, things yep. that you got to change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. my, my yeah. first sponsor I had, yeah, my first sponsor said, you only need to change one thing in your life. And I'm like, oh, great. What is it? She goes, everything. It's like, <laughs> oh, and you. you know, and I can laugh about it now, but at the time it was so frightening. And I, I, I just didn't know how to function at the level I needed to. And that's why you get sponsors. And that can be a mentor, that can be a, you know, a spiritual guide, it can be a coach. But in different areas of our life, I think that it really helps to have people who have been there done that, that can take us by the hand and say, okay, this is what I'm going to recommend. And what we do with that is up to us. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was having a a uh, couple of conversations recently, I have a, a 45 minute visioning session that I mm-hmm. um, typically reserve four to five complimentary spots in my calendar every month, because there's so many of my clients and connections or potential clients who are wanting to revisit their strategy, pivot, look at how they can adapt to the new norm. I mean, people keep people keep still keep saying, well, when things get back to normal, well, personally, <laughs> I believe that we are in our new normal right now. And so for 2021, if you want to be ahead of the train, you've got to be the one in the driver's seat looking this way and stoking your own coal and basically getting it going up the hill because it's not going to be relying on anybody else. And we have to get along with some new creative strategies. That was part of the reason why um, last week I had hosted a one-day virtual summit. So we called it confidence plus credibility equals cash. There are so many women showing up online and doing business virtually now instead of being live in front of an audience that it was really important to help them understand how do they come across in support of their best image, their best impact they can make, their strongest language and showing up with the credibility that they deserve so that they are that trusted, respected authority right away. And also that translates into cash. So we're going to do another one of those in February because it was a lot of fun. And I love what you're sharing about the pivot piece, also about looking for opportunities. I think that that's critical as well. So what opportunities do you see coming out of this current scenario as a speaker, author, um, marketer, entrepreneur? You know, that is such a great question. And thank you for asking. Um, I, prior to us having this conversation, I talked with my editor, I'm working on a memoir. And I'll Mm -hmm. tell you, writing a memoir is so different than writing a business book or writing a spiritual book or writing a blog post, uh, or a Facebook post. It's like you're digging deep. And a big part of my memoir covers a period where I was a blackout drinker. And so there's stuff in there that's, um, it makes me pretty vulnerable. And um, fortunately, I have to say that my mom and dad, they don't have to relive that because they, they lived through a lot of that. Um, But, you know, I, I say for me, one of the big things coming is finishing my memoir because I keep hitting roadblocks. And I I asked my editor, I said, what is it? And she said, you're digging deep. She goes, you're going into a very vulnerable spot. And yet I know that 
by trusting it, I'll get to the other side of it. So I, I see my myself finishing my memoir. And I've never worked on a book this long. I mean, usually if I say I'm going to get a book done, I can get a book done in three months. And it's a good book, uh, my book Power Up for Profits, uh, that has sold thousands upon thousands of copies. I think I wrote it in 90 days. And then we went through the whole publishing part. And then we did a huge launch. But um, I also see the fact that I'm a plant based eater. I'm a what I call myself my identification with that is plant based vegan, because you can be a plant based eater and not be vegan and Vegan means that you're void of all animal and dairy products, and you can be vegan and not be a healthy eater. So it's kind of interesting when you look at, you dig deeper. And for me, it's plant-based vegan. And I see myself getting further and further and further into that Mm. because I've got a podcast show. I've got a Facebook group. I've got a blog. Uh, I'm doing several summits this year virtually. Uh, I have one next week with the uh, International Women's Vegan Federation where I'm teaching them about starting podcast shows. So I see myself going further and further into that arena. And it's not just about being a plant-based eater. It's truly about the health of people. Because when you look at our childhood obesity rate, it's off the charts. And these children are not being given a fair chance in life. And it's not their fault. And it's not always the parents' fault. It's that there's lack of information and that the food manufacturers have put millions upon millions upon millions of dollars into ad campaigns that convince us something is healthy when in reality it's not. So I see myself going further and further into that industry to do what I can to to really um, raise awareness and be an advocate for healthier eating choices. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this because it sounds as though it is connected with your starting to run, um, you know, the sport of running in your 60s. And I'm curious about, you know, what, what motivated you to do that, although it might be linked in with what you just shared about the impact that this knowledge, this deep wisdom can make on society and especially on kids. So tell me a little bit more about that piece. Well, you know, I, it was at a period where I was kind of lost because, and I, I was talking with Madeline, my editor around this, she recently lost her mother. And um, so both her parents are gone, both my parents are gone. And there's something interesting that happens when you realize that you have your parents are gone, you're, you're, you're without parents from this point forward. And I think I was just at a point that I had gone to a level of grieving that I just needed something really intense to pull me out of that. And I needed to really feel it. And there was actually, it was on mother's day was the, um, the marathon. And so I was running the marathon as a tribute to my mother. And I got to tell you, I am not a fast runner. People said, are you going to win? And it's like, if I cross the finish line, that's all I ask for. But, um, and, and I've had people say, well, why did you pick a marathon first time out? I'm, I have an addictive personality. If I'm going to do something, a little is not enough. A 5K is not enough. I have to go for the gusto. Well, about (laughs) killed myself on it, I got to tell you. But then I got the proper coaching. Then I learned how to do it the right way and realized that I don't have to be the fastest runner. It's just the process of running that helps you clear your head. It really connects you with the earth. And, you know, there's so many benefits to running. And I think for me, it was about, a, a tool that I could use to help with my grieving. Mm-hmm. That's lovely. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then you also, 
you gave up all um, animal and dairy products yes. in your yes. diet at the age of 64. I did. I so did. And did that come after the running or was yes. that part of it? Or Well, it, it actually came as a result of getting our uh, inflammation. And I was starting, my, my joints were hurting and I thought, you know, I'm... I guess this is just part of aging. And part of me wanted to buy into that and say, oh, it must be uh, aging. And another part of me was like, oh, that's the biggest load of crock that I've ever heard. You don't need to age the way that other people are aging. You find some role models, find some women and men that are just out there crushing it. And as I started doing some research, I realized that by getting rid of animal and dairy, that I actually could reduce the inflammation. So initially, I started because because of my health. And I gave myself seven days because everything I was reading, it was like, you know, miracle eating, this will turn things around so quickly. You're going to be amazed at how great you feel. And I thought, yeah, let's see. And I was tired a lot. I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am now. I mean, I've been a yo-yo dieter all my life. And so I, I just thought, well, I'm done with the dieting, but if it can help with the inflammation. Not only did the inflammation go in about two days, I dropped about six or seven pounds the first week. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. Let's go another week and see if this works. Did another week. And then it started occurring to me, I do work in the pet industry and I rescue animals and I love animals. And I talk about the kindness to animals and here I'm eating animals. And it was as if I had just a big aha moment and I one week built on another on another. And it was about six months into it. I was in the grocery store walking by the meat department. And all of a sudden I had this visceral response to where I literally could feel the pain of the animals who had been in factory farms. And the reality is, is about 95% of our food is now processed in factory farms. And some people say, well, I do ethical, I eat ethical meats. And it's like, you know, killing an animal is killing an animal. And so it just has been a process where the more I learn about having a diet that's void of animal and dairy products, the more committed I am to it, especially with what it's doing for people's health, because diabetes is one of the most preventable disease, type two diabetes, the most preventable disease out there, colon cancer, is very preventable. Um, Heart disease, very preventable. And yet by the foods we eat, we amplify our problem with these things. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so, um, it's so interesting to me. I mean, certainly, you know, we're not quite the same age, but I'm, you know, I'm catching you up fast. And this I'll always topic. be ahead of you in age. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this topic of, uh, you know, how you how you need to shift your life around with diabetes. I can I can speak to that firsthand. So uh-huh. okay. this is going to be a continued in, interesting conversation as we as we dive in. But I am also intrigued about what some of the research is, um, what some of the content that you're going to be sharing at some of these upcoming um sessions that you're speaking at so do share a little bit more about this passion of yours around you know i would love to it's so interesting because even though it's a plant-based summit i'm going to be talking about gaining visibility in your market and so i'm taking a lot of the skill set that i have and i'm able to transfer it over into that industry because i actually uh got certified in plant-based nutrition through e cornell university in march of this year so i was 60 what 65 66 I guess 66, whatever. Uh, but the, the fact is, is that 
I really felt compelled to get my certification. And what I realized is that I don't have to teach the nutrition side of it, but I can help those who do teach the nutrition, those who do have manufacturing companies, those who do have restaurants, I can teach them how to gain visibility for what they're doing. And so, you know, because when I first became plant-based, I thought, okay, then I'm going to teach people how to eat properly. That's not my gig. That's not my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse is teaching people marketing, how to write books, how to market the books, and how to have a greater impact with your message. So basically what I'm teaching, like uh, next week, I'm teaching how to start a podcast show. Uh, at one of the conferences, I'm teaching how to get on a lot of podcast shows. So that's, that's my jam. Excellent. Well, um, I uh, think I had made an introduction for one of my colleagues who's um, plant-based eating fan. Um, actually, I have a couple more that I've thought about since then. Outstanding. Uh, so I'll just keep those referrals flowing for you. Please and do. That's, that's one of the beautiful things about entrepreneurship is we can always find one of the elements that are so critical that we need as a business owner when we're passionate about it. There's so many opportunities for transferable skills. I mean, I used to work in uh, senior human resources roles. And then I, that led into um, executive coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led into, and I mean, the whole time there has been a sales component, even though I started in sales, there's been a sales component because you can't interview and hire 6,000 people without making a lot of job offers. And some of those are for brilliant minds where they have easily a choice of, well, maybe not today, but they had a choice of four or five different job offers. Right, Um, right. And you're working as a consultant, working in executive coaching and you're in your own business. There's always going to be those opportunities for sharing your product, sharing your, your value, your ROI, and being able to do that and transfer that skill across different industries I may have started in the IT and telecom world, but that's not the only world I can speak to. Absolutely. And that's such a great point because it, we don't have to break the whole model. We can take the pieces that really work for us. I love marketing. I love sales and I like to write and I like to work with writers. Mm -hmm. And I just find that as I move further, further, further and further into the plant-based and vegan world, there are people that need to learn how to do this because they don't have that skill set. I just talked to a husband and wife team who are in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, who have a vegan bakery. And we had the most delightful conversation. And it was just about, tell us about your business. Tell us how you started to uh, a vegan bakery. How long have you been vegan? Tell us about your relationship. And so it, 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 I, I just, recently interviewed a woman who's an image consultant. And I want to help these people get their message out there. And so just like with your HR background, everything that we do in the past can lead into who we are in the future. And I loved what you said about, we're not going back to the way we were this, this is the normal. And I don't even want to say new normal, but this is just, this is it right here, right now. And we can dig our heels in and say, well, I don't like this. I don't want it to be this way. Well, got news for you. It is this way. So what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Well, certainly working in, you know, previously in, in, in corporations where we'd have a, um, a big project, some sort of change initiative. Mm-hmm. And there were always the early adopters who were excited about change. And then there were the, the laggers and then the people that really dug their heels in. And it, you know, part of my role was to be 
helping to share this change management strategy right. so that they didn't feel like they were getting oversaturated, which I think is what's happening with a lot of people right now. And still being able to say, yes, if I go along with the tide now, we're all learning together. So it's actually a whole lot easier than if I try and sort of dig my heels and eventually the tide's going to wash over me anyway. So I may as well jump on the bandwagon, learn together. We're all in the same place. There's uncertainty for everybody and that's more comforting. And so for anybody right now who is thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know where to go. I mean, certainly Kathleen is an expert in her field in marketing, just as I'm an expert in my field of confident conversations. And that's why we write books to share our passion, to share some of these lessons learned so that you don't have to go through it all from scratch. Absolutely. You know, there's 40 different words and word concepts in my book to help women have more confident conversations from the beginning. And if we eliminate Sometimes it's one or two words, and I spoke about this at the virtual summit on Friday. You know, if we take out the word just, for example, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to X, Y, Z. Well, you just (laughs) took the whole power out of your sentence by adding one unnecessary word. Take it out. Leave it out. And that was one that the um, one of the authors I connected with, Ellen Petrie Lenz, wrote an article that popped up in Huffington Post about that about that very topic Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. were just and she was amazed at the response she got back after the article aired of how many women suddenly realized that they were using that and what it was doing to them absolutely i'm curious what's what's your what's your take on the word little you know when somebody says oh i just want to do this little project or it's just a little uh, what's your what's, what's your take on that well usually my 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 following comment to that is hmm may i make an observation i what's love coming it across i love it. is that this is something insignificant and not important and i don't sense that that is your belief is that is that correct and then they say oh no it's this is like something i'm really excited about right well, right can I share what I just heard you say? Let's elevate this. Let's put it up. I mean, I had a a conversation just this morning with a lady and the way that she was describing her services, I did feel that I had to let her know, here's what I'm hearing. Right. Degrading. Interesting. Interesting. You know, let's maybe uh, consider how that might be landing with other people too. I'm not unique in my, my hearing ability. So, you know, how could you rephrase it so it actually demonstrates your expertise and credibility? I love that. I love that because I I actually was having a conversation earlier with somebody who said, I'm just dying to, and they finished their sentence and yeah. And and, well, yeah, just, and, um, and I, I said, you know, I'm, I need to stop you. I said, I just heard you say something that I really feel is not going to serve you. And it's the word dying. I'm dying to, and she was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize I said that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Because we can say something without being aware of it. And if somebody brings it to our attention, then we can do something about it. Right. Conscious. All of so a sudden, I, we're conscious. Yeah. I'm being conscious about, I better not say the word just. Just, 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 just. <laughs> oh, thing is, now that, it's you're right. your, now that it's on your radar, right, you I'll won't notice it. You, you won't initially be able to cut it out. You'll be able to recognize and go, oh, 
keep on set, right? Exactly. Sometimes, exactly. Sometimes I get calls from clients and they're without sharing any names or breaking any confidences, of course, what they're saying is, in my head, I before this call, I thought, I wonder what Yvonne would say about this. And so I decided I was going to X, Y, Z. So by the time they come to the call, they've already coached themselves into a, an elevated state of, of response and activity because they, they had a call coming up with me. Absolutely. It's, it's beautiful. So that's what we do as top leaders. That's what we do mm-hmm. as entrepreneurs who have a passion. Uh, we, you know, we interview others. We share what's working really well, what's not. For people that don't know about this vegan plant-based lifestyle, what is it all about? How does it make an impact? What kind of difference could it make? Because for parents, you know, we have such a great opportunity. I mean, really fantastic opportunity to shape the lives of our kids. And I don't mean only in behavior. Right, right. What we put in their bodies, because they're not absolutely running, they're not running to the stove and cooking things by themselves when they're two and three. So if we start it really early, that's their norm. They don't right, know any different. Right. right. Well unfortunately what's happened is our government in the US, the government has subsidized fast food restaurants, they've subsidized the meat industry, the dairy industry, so that they've made it more affordable for people to eat unhealthy than to eat healthy. That's, you know, and that's a travesty. Um, it, you have what are called food deserts, where in certain areas, and it's usually in the inner city, where it's easier to get a six pack of beer and a, a pack of cigarettes than it is to get an apple. And fresh food is not available. And a lot of this has to do with the government mandates that they are actually putting money into keeping people unhealthy. I mean, there's a whole domino effect. And when people start discovering what's really going on, a book that I recommend that people read is called um, Salt, Sugar, Fat. It's either sugar, salt, fat or salt, sugar, fat. And it's by Michael Moss. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. And it's about how the food manufacturers have actually done so much research and invested millions upon millions of dollars into what's called the bliss point. The bliss point is what happens when food goes into our mouth and it just, it literally explodes. And it's a chemical reaction in the brain that gets us addicted to that food. And some people say, oh, no, no, I'm not addicted to food. And it's like, well, try giving it up for a while. Now, what's interesting with plant-based eating is when you do have a diet that's void of excess sugar, excess salt, excess oil, your taste buds actually change and you start you, you respond to food differently because I used to be a sugar addict and I don't, I don't touch processed sugar. Now I eat a lot of fruit, but um, when I first started eating this way, that was my biggest concern. It's like, well, I get cravings for sugar and that's because I was addicted. It's just like abstaining from alcohol. If I drink one drink, I'm off to the races. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. If I put processed sugar in my body, I'm off to the races. So I think, for people to become aware of what's truly happening, do some research. You can p- find plenty of YouTube videos. You can find blogs. A great book to read is called Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman. Phenomenal, phenomenal book. Um, Dr. Greger has written a book on pandemics and how uh, factory farmed foods are actually the, the harboring, harboring area of pandemics. Um, most Most viruses come from animal-based foods, which is really interesting. And so I think if people started paying more attention and just saying, 
I would like to just research this. Just educate yourself because it's the education that starts the process of making the change. Right. So on that note, talking about uh, plant-based eating, I would love to hear a couple of favorite recipes of yours because that, I think, is sometimes people's challenge with going from a you know, full <laughs> variety of foods, incorporating things that they've eaten for years and years to making some adjustments. So what are some of the things that you love to eat now, some things maybe you've added into your diet that are now making it so much more interesting that there's no temptation in going backwards. Well, you know, one of the the reasons I have no temptation of going backwards is now that I know how animals are processed. I mean, that's bottom line. Um, But as far as the foods I love to eat, I love using my crock pot. And what I do is I add in, it could be uh, potatoes, onions. See, that's the thing. You can eat potatoes on uh, a plant-based diet and they're very healthy. But I put in potatoes, I put in celery, carrots, uh, corn. I put in just about anything I can find in my refrigerator. And I put in organic vegetable broth and I let that cook all day. And I got to tell you, it is heavenly. Then I put it over some black rice. It's also called forbidden rice uh, or a wild rice. And that's a great meal in and of itself. I love to have a huge salad for lunch where I put uh, garbanzo beans, chickpeas. I put kidney beans. I put black beans. I put um, olives in it. I'll put uh, diced onions in it. And I make a wonderful, wonderful Caesar salad dressing. It's a vegan Caesar salad dressing uh, mix. And then for breakfast, oftentimes I will make a bowl of oatmeal where I have steel oats and I have almond milk on it. I'll put almond slices in it. I'll put uh, flaxseed, chia seeds, um, any of those those uh, kind of uh, seeds that have a lot of aminos in them. Uh, I may add in um, some fruit, like I, I can put in some black cherries, I can put in mangoes, and that's usually, and it's a big hearty bowl, that starts my day. And then I usually go on a run, you know, and I have to tell you, the longer that I'm plant-based, the more energy I have, the further I can run, the more I enjoy exercise. And it's like, there's days that I have so much energy, I'll go on a five mile run, and then I'll work in my yard. And then I'll go, okay, now I'll clean the house. And now I'll do this. And now and it's just incredible. (laughs) Well, that sounds really delicious. Um, I have to admit, I haven't, um, I've cut out a lot of things being diabetic. I haven't yet cut out meat. um, But I'm working towards that. So I well, do there you go. a lot, uh, doing a lot more fish. Um, although, I mean, I realize that that's still ultimately not plant based. And so I'm a working progress on that. You know, but we it, all are, we all are. And, and it's, it, it is a process that people go through, but I would recommend the book Eat to Live by Dr. Joel Furman, which explains a lot about the whole uh, combination of uh, plant-based foods like legumes, uh, beans, lentils, all are very high in nutrients. They're very high in protein. And oftentimes the first question we get asked is, where do you get your protein? We don't need as much protein as we've been led to believe. That's one thing. And two, your plant-based foods have as much, if not more, protein than a lot of meats do. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, I will certainly pick up a copy of that book because that is highly recommended by by you. And it sounds really intriguing. The, the overall 
questions that I have really are more, I think, about life in general, you know, life lessons. And very often I'll ask my guests, you know, what are two or three critical lessons that you've learned in life that you would like to share? If you had to sort of boil it all down, I don't want to say, you know, what do you want on your tombstone? Because that's really negative. Those those key things that are key lessons that you'd like to pass along to people. You know, yeah, one of the lessons, Yvonne, that I think is really important for me to remember is, and we hear this a lot, life is short. And in reality, life is short. And, you know, I was calculating, okay, if I lived as long as both my parents did, they passed when they were 82, I've got 16 years left. That's not very much time. And so I really think that for me, the most important life lesson is to really make each day as full and full of gratitude as possible. And I don't always do it. It's like I, it's something that I'm a work in progress with that, but you know, I've got my little gratitude stone right here. I, I hold it when I'm talking and it reminds me of how blessed I am. Uh, Let's see yours joy. There you go. I love it. I love it. And, and it's just remembering that it's not what happens in life. It's what we do with it. That makes all the difference. And oftentimes we're far more blessed than a lot of people out there and to share our blessings. Um, One of the things that I think is just phenomenal to do. And I know Several of my friends have done this and I've done it. When you're in the grocery store, if you see somebody that appears as if they're struggling and you just out of generosity want to pay their their grocery bill and not even tell them that you did, just tell the clerk, take care of that and it's a done deal. Um, And not do it for any recognition, just do it because you're being called to do it. Um, I think that's another lesson is to serve others. And when you serve others, you get out of your own distraction in your own way. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate those those thoughts for sure. Um, I do have a gratitude journal that is uh, every day. I have a gratitude, well, a whole morning ritual process actually. Which that, is what? It, what is your morning ritual? Well, it's the gratitudes. It's some visualization. It's a mantra. Um, listening to some Holosync recordings, positive messages, some mind movies, and then I get into the actual planning piece of. You know, what are my top three priorities for the day that are going to lead me the furthest, not necessarily the fastest? And that's basically my first hour. So before anybody else gets up and I, I got into that that mindset of putting me first every day before mm-hmm. anybody else comes into my life or my calendar when I when I was writing my book. So Words, Women and Wisdom, the Modern Art of Confident Conversations, that uh, uh, went to bestseller overnight November 2018. Nice. And it took about a year and a half to get it together, um, partly because I totally underestimated the writing process. And it's not an autobiography. It's not a memoir. It is literally 40 different words and word concepts mm. to help women elevate their language. So what are some words? The word just, for example, is in there. Right. Should and could. And, and and can't and you know some of them are fairly simple once you put the focus on not saying them or finding another way to say it so taking should instead of that tone of obligation why not use the word could right Pretty similar right but it has a whole different energy to it and I am trained in Reiki so I pay attention to energy and those 40 different words it was almost like yes I was the author but it 
it was almost like because I'd done my gratitudes and I'd already done my meditation and then I got to do half an hour or actually an hour of writing because the ritual was only half an hour then it was like the words just sort of flowed through me and I was downloading that experience and writing it for nine months and then the editing cleanup editing proofreading editing (laughs) that part took another nine months to get it actually up by which time I'd already spoken at a you know, women's conference for 500 women and had pre-sold 80, 80 plus copies. Wow, that's great. didn't have to look yet. <laughs> so I was really committed that, you know, I said, I'm going to do this. I've sold copies. It's happening. It just took a little longer. So by the time the book launched, inadvertently, I'd had, by marketing standards, a really great lead up launch, a long launch with lots of PR because I'd been talking about it for so long and it just had took, taken a while to get it out. That's awesome. That's, <laughs> a, you know, you, you reminded me of one of the things that I, I remind myself of when I say, oh, I have to, whatever it may be. Oh, I have to go on a run or I have to eat this way or I have, whatever I story I tell myself, I get to, I get to go running. I, my legs are working. I get to go running. Yep. I, healthy, I'm abundant, and I can afford these foods. That's a blessing. And so really turning things around from being forced to do something to the blessing of having the opportunity to do something. Choice is a big piece. Absolutely. Of of what I have infused the book with. So as women, that we can always, always have a choice. We might have consequences that go along with that that aren't pleasant until we get through to the other side but we always have a choice and that's where a lot of the work that I'm passionate about is women to elevate their language so that they can ask for what they want so they can have more sales so they can ask for that promotion they can earn what they need to earn because that was the piece that I watched my dad with my mom I mean he came back from the war he was PTSD impacted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nobody treated hundreds of thousands of men after World War II they just didn't And so it turned him into this angry person Mm -hmm. who literally drained the life right out of my mom, who was a successful Mm. businesswoman before Mm. she met him and got married, stayed home. And he took her power by giving her this meager housekeeping money. She didn't Mm -hmm. have her own money anymore. Mm. And that's all part of what fires me up to make sure that women have choice. When we have our own money, when we have more money, then we have choice. And that's what the virtual summit was all about. I love Confidence it. Plus credibility equals cash. When your back's not up against the wall, even in COVID, you'll have a choice. You'll have a choice to you know, go to a spa or bring someone in to look after your kids or treat yourself to a, a nice meal, even if it's, you know, DoorDash or someone Absolutely. else delivering it. Uh, at least you'll have the choice to not feel that you have to be the only one holding all the balls in the air and that creates less stress. And if I, I love it, women love with it. less stress, that's, that's uh, an important piece of the work I do. So this has been really a fascinating interview. So we've got about five minutes left or just around five minutes. So I know that you had talked about something that you wanted to offer to the listeners. So you have a gift and I have a gift. So what was it that you brought a power of a, a beginner's guide to yes. Something? Yeah, it's called The Beginner's Guide to Plant-Based Eating, and it basically chronicles the first few months of my journey into being a plant-based eater and how 
my my health is the best it's been in my entire life my i just went to the doctor recently uh for my eye exam and he said your eyes are in great shape the vessels in your eyes you have no inflammation like most women your age and i'm like wow that's really awesome um and it's uh you get it at plantbasedeatingforhealth.com forward slash guide so that's plantbasedeatingforhealth.com forward slash guide and it's absolutely free. Okay, well, I'm going to put that in the show notes. Plantbasedeatingforhealth.com slash guide. Yes. Well, yes. how generous. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Um, I'm going to download my own copy of that because that sounds really intriguing. And I think it's always great when my guests bring something which is a direct way to stay connected with the audience. I'm sure those who have been listening who have been eh, maybe even, you know, a little bit curious, will be wanting to find out more and stay in touch with Kathleen. So if they want to stay in touch with you, is there another place that they need to go uh, for your website maybe? Or yes. Or like to do that? They can go to powerupforprofits.com. That's powerupforprofits.com. And you'll have connection to all my plant-based stuff, my business stuff. That's the main website. Excellent. So the podcast you're interviewing, uh, did you want to talk about where people can listen to that? Or is that also mentioned on your website? That's mentioned on my website. And they go to go to Apple Podcasts. I've got two podcast shows, they key in my name, and it'll bring up the power up for profits and the plant based eating for health. Excellent. So I have a couple of gifts for the listeners. If you're not already a member of the Women and Wisdom VIP community, I invite you to join and be participating in this movement of women having more confidence, more confident conversations in particular. So if if you would like to receive a a free three-chapter download of my best-selling book, Words, Women, and Wisdom, that's the first two chapters. And then the last chapter is actually about demonstrating confidence when no words are even required. So it's concepts like using a power pause, showing in your dress, how you have carefully put together your impact and your image without even a word being mentioned about how you make decisions and and how you don't answer in the moment. You don't react to things. You prepare a response ahead of time and use a power pause concept. So those are some of the things in it. You can do that by going to my website, which is wordswomenandwisdom.com. And it's spelled out A-N-D versus the ampersand in the book title, wordswomenandwisdom.com. Just click on the red button on the left and you can download a free three-chapter excerpt. And you can also be, through that link, invited to join the Women and Wisdom VIP community. And there's a couple of other freebies as well that you'll get as part of that download, a confidence quiz and also 10 confidence boosters at work that you can download too. And I also had talked on the weekend about a very intriguing personality style assessment that I've run across recently, which is all to do with powerful communications, how to actually have stronger connections with people faster. And if you want to access that, you can actually text me. So text the word code, C-O-D-E, to 403 668 9279 and you can actually take that $99 gift (laughs) as a free gift from me 
take the personality style assessment. You'll be amazed what you learn about your own personality and three primary other ones as well. So thank you, Kathleen, for joining me today. It's been informative and fun. And I am hoping that you'll have a beautiful rest of your week. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Bye for now.